Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. It's Monday morning. It's The Fan Early Morning Show, and we're talking sports this morning. More specifically, Pittsburgh sports. And you're welcome to join the conversation at any point in time at 412-928-9370. You can call. You can also hit me up on X at Callas underscore 33. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. My name is Nicholas Heck Callas. Nicholas Harry Callas, I was going to say. That's what they call me around the office for my love of doing play-by-play for baseball. Just like the Philadelphia Phillies announcer. From many years ago. Well, my name is Nicholas Callis. You call me Harry. You're welcome to call in. We got uh, a whole lot of sports going on over the weekend, and in particular, the NFL has kind of started. That's something uh, I wanted to address this morning just briefly because I was producing some shows yesterday where I learned that you can bet on the NFL preseason. Do any of you out there bet on the NFL preseason? Now, I'm not one, I'm not super heavy into into sports betting, and there's, you know, it's it's fine. If you want to sports bet, you can sports bet. That's your preference. And I respect all that do or don't or whatever the case may be. But the betting on the NFL preseason at this point, I think is just that might be where I find it to be too much. I don't know anybody personally that has, but I do know that they make it available. And it's just getting to the point where the NFL is just, uh, I mean, it's not shocking at this point. This isn't breaking news. This isn't my own personal development, but. There are people out there that get, you know, that I'm sure are going to get frustrated if they bet, but all these players are coming into the game. Everything is so random. Everything's about repetition and practice and experience for the players that are on the team that if you're betting to see who's going to win or how many players are going to get yards in a game or playing time in a game, you know, whatever the whatever the markers are to hit. I was just shocked by that. It's just so interesting how encompassed everybody is and everything is in in the NFL. Some people get frustrated as well, I know. Now, these people I know personally who watch the games and they get frustrated with the team's performance. I know the Steelers are, are undefeated now in the preseason. They didn't lose a preseason game last year, and so that's exciting, right? Woo. You know, okay, they they didn't lose in the preseason, but then they started the year put three and seven. 
So, you know, I mean, I, I just think that's interesting. It is to me that you can you can gamble on the NFL preseason, and people get frustrated at how the teams play in the preseason. You don't see that in any other sport. You know, the fall hockey games that are played as they go through their training to get ready for the season. Nobody is really hard-pressed on Major League Baseball spring training. Like, imagine that. Like, the entire month of March that you're just glued to your television when the Pittsburgh Pirates play teams like the New York Yankees in spring training or or Tampa Bay or they play the Mets. You're glued to your TV like, ooh. That's just, I mean, I don't see it that way. I mean, when you when you have these games, I mean, it's it's good just to appreciate the sports as they are. Right, like I would watch spring training if it were on television just because I like the nature of baseball. I would go to Bradenton and watch a game of Pirates in spring training because I enjoy the nature of baseball, not necessarily to gamble on it, not necessarily to to you know cheer and be crazy overhyped about whether the Pirates won or lost. So the fact that it's the NFL, but I mean it's the NFL though. We've been starved for football for how long though? I get that, but uh, exercising patience in this would also be important. So I implore you out there to, to exercise patience. Football's right around the corner. The games that really matter they're starting now in about a month, less, less than a month. So just stay patient. A couple more preseason games. Enjoy the nature of football for it. If you want to gamble on it, I mean that's fine. But I just find that nuts. The people want to gamble on these preseason games. If you or somebody you know does, I mean, call me and, and tell me why. 412-928-9370. I just want to gain the perspective because I haven't been able to talk to anybody personally who wants to gamble on these games. But um, I just want to hear the side. Like, what makes you what makes you so passionate about preseason football? Now, I'm not saying that you can't enjoy preseason football. Like, it was awesome to watch the Steelers, and there's so much that we can get into as well that we – very well may get into later about the Steelers and how they played. There's something to appreciate about preseason football. But for those of you that get like super passionate and super upset or you know, you go crazy over these games or or you feel inclined to to gamble, like you can predict the outcomes of, of so many parts of those games, call and tell me why if you do. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero you can also, again, hit me up on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, at Callas underscore 33. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. We'll talk about the Steelers in the next segment. Uh, Mike Tomlin spoke as well, so I'll play uh, his brief comments for you as well in the next segment. Let's talk about the Pirates a little bit because they lost two of three over the weekend. They had a rain out on Saturday, so they had to play a split doubleheader Yesterday, and they won the first of those games, lost the second one uh, in a close game in uh, extra innings. That second game went um, went to extra innings, and the Pirates lost in that second game. Uh, many clamoring still for the abolishment of putting a runner on second base to start an extra inning. 
mainly because uh, Major League Baseball has implemented so many rules now where you don't really need to manage the clock as thoroughly as you had before. Whether you want to use that as an excuse or not for the Pirates losing, I'm not going to because I also know that the Pirates got a runner on second as well. They had equal opportunity to score with the Reds in that 10th inning, and they could not manufacture the run. If it were up to me at this point, the the rule would be abolished. I would say, no, don't put the runner on second base. Bonus baseball is now fun because the games aren't, on average, close to four hours. I think that's the big kicker in all of this is that the games aren't going as long. So now if you want to play a 10th and 11th and a 12th, I find that to be bonus baseball. You want to... And the game goes maybe four, four and a half hours. It's not routine at that point. It's unique. Like, extra innings used to be fun, in a sense, I would say, for fans because they got to watch that extra amount of baseball. But it was rare that a game would go four, four and a half hours in those games. That's why it was a bonus. It was a nice treat. Like, oh, you know, we paid for we paid for a regulation game. And we came to come, and, and we our ticket gives us a regulation game, but now we get extra innings toward that. And sometimes it was fun, too, to be a part of history when games would go 18-19. I think the record is 25 innings in a single game. I could be wrong on that, but I think that's uh, when I remember researching it. I think 25 innings is the most it was played in a single major league game. When the Pirates played the Braves in 2011 that went 19 innings, it was fun until the Jerry Mills call that was very controversial. 2012, they beat the St. Louis Cardinals in 19 innings. All extra innings can be fun, and sometimes it's cool to be a part of history where you're a part of one of the longest games in history. And I think that as it relates to this extra innings rule where you put a runner on second base, I think that extra innings can be more fun again because the games aren't that long. It's a rarity now that games go for as long as they do. And so maybe not having a runner on second to start an inning would be for the better. I'm not going to say that's why the Pirates lost. If it were up to me, there wouldn't be one. But also the Pirates still had the same opportunity the Reds did. Got a caller at 412-928-9370. What's your name? Hey, Dan from Imperial. How you doing, Nick? Doing well. Good to hear from you this morning. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, good to hear from you too. Uh, Well, me and my buddy, we were sitting... uh, about four rows from the Pirates dugout last night. Uh, you know, had a great time at the game last night. And, you know, you're talking about the the extra innings and the, the guy that's on second. Yeah. Uh, I just – I think it's bogus. I, I don't even know why they would ever have implemented a rule other than to, to shorten the game. Uh, but it's just not genuine to me uh, with, with, the, with a runner on second. Yeah. You know, those guys should have to earn that, I feel like. Dan, I appreciate the call. Thank you for calling in this morning at 412928. Nine three seven zero totally, and Dan, I do like to bring up this perspective as well for all of you. They implemented the runner on second base whenever games were routinely four hours long. I think that was part of the buffer there to to make sure that games wouldn't go longer if extra innings happened. Because if you go into even one extra inning, you're looking at a four and a half hour game, and then most teams really didn't score in that tenth inning. Still, so now you're talking about five-hour games or so. Major League Baseball didn't want that at the time. This season, they've overhauled the rules. Now you've got you know designated hitters implemented. You've got a pitch clock implemented. You've got a limit on pickoffs 
implemented, and I think with all of these other implementations now, that you really don't need that runner on second base. Before, I, I kind of understood it. I'm like, okay, if you're going to set an initiative, maybe that's a good start. I never thought, though, really until the reports came out about you know the rule changes being official, I never thought that there would be a clock in baseball. Like two years ago, never would have thought. Did I ever think the pitchers would be limited on how many times they can attempt to pick off a runner at any base? No. So maybe as they're making these rules, I think they implemented the runner on second base rule in 2021. So it's been around for a couple years now. I think that before anybody thought that they were going to make such radical changes to baseball, that that runner on second base made sense because it was a more traditional way of trying to speed up the game if the game went into extra innings. So that's the logic behind it. Um, but now that we have all these other rules, do we really need a runner on second base? I would argue no. I don't love it. Dan, you don't love it, as you just expressed, which is all fair. Not going to blame it on why the Pirates lost, though, like I said, because each team has the opportunity to have a runner in scoring position, and the Reds only scored one run in the top of the 10th inning. But I think it's still a fair debate. Like, why is it Why is it still a thing? I'd like to hear an explanation from somebody in Major League Baseball's management. They, they really don't address that at this point, though. I know there's a good share of Major League Baseball fans now that are just like, why? Why is it still there? Now, the Pirates lost yesterday. Uh, Tarek Shelton and uh, the Pirates bench coach, Don Kelly, got ejected yesterday from the game and uh interesting it's interesting now the pirates are are whether you want to admit it or not the pirates are are starting to seem like an exciting baseball team that makes everybody nervous and i get that and i know i was on with uh i was producing for shelby cassessi yesterday morning and she's talking about how She's nervous about the Pirates because we're here. Like we're almost we're almost at the point where it's all supposed to come together. And many of you who are passionate pirate fans may also feel apprehensive because you understand that this is supposed to be the year. The Pirates got their generational pitcher in Paul Skeens fast tracking the minor leagues and they're even Several reports from several different uh, baseball beat writers in Pittsburgh that are saying that Paul Skeens very well could make an appearance in September when the Altoona curve season ends. So that's exciting to think about, but it's also nerve-wracking. How's he going to do? Is he going to pan out? Are the Pirates going to develop him properly? Is Andy Rodriguez going to be able to develop into a major league catcher defensively to pair with his offense. Where's Henry Davis going to play? They drafted him at catcher first overall in 2021, and now he's an outfielder and designated hitter. Is Tamar Johnson going to develop properly? All these swirling questions in our heads about what the Pirates are going to do, I say don't be nervous. Don't be too tense about it. Um, for all of you that think that way, and I know there are, there are many of you that think that way, and Shelby wasn't the only one to to have that perspective, and that's why I want to bring it up because I know so many of you feel the same way that she does. She's not the only one that's that's talked like that about being 
about being nervous about the team. So I want to say that as well. Don't be nervous coming into next season. Be excited. You might be disappointed at certain points. You might get upset. I implore you not to get upset because it's sports. It's sports. And I talk about this too all the time, and you know that, that I want to see the Pirates win a championship so bad, and I haven't been alive for a World Series championship. And as the years go by, it seems like, and it's it's true that that World Series in 79 gets further and further and further away. But that's what motivates me to go into every year with a with a level of optimism because I, I don't have a choice. So just this is the the hand I was dealt in life where I, I didn't get to see them win their championships in the in the night in the what is it the twenty twentieth century, the nineteen hundreds. So I go into every year with optimism. But the fact that it's coming together as well is even more promising. And look at Brian Reynolds is hot. Liervo uh, excuse me. Leover Pagero, I always have trouble saying his name. Leover Pagero is exciting. He had a few RBIs in in yesterday's second game. Reynolds homering multiple times. He's on a he's on a game streak, I think, for home runs. If not a day streak, I forget if he homered in the first game of the series, but I saw that he homered in the second game of that doubleheader yesterday. So there are so many things that we're looking forward to. I mean, Key Brian Hayes seems to not be hurt anymore, and he's been playing much better. He's uh, especially been better offensively recently. So everything seems to be kind of molding together now when the win column isn't really demonstrating that right now. But just watching yesterday's game, yesterday's games, I'll say, the Pirates won the first and then were fighting in the second. There's a lot of promise for this team, and a lot of the doubts we had toward the middle of the season seem to be going away. If if Reynolds can keep this stroke going into next year that he's having, the Pirates are going to be fine. Key Brian Hayes can stay away from injury. I think the Pirates are going to be fine. If Paul Skeens comes through and is as successful as he's been advertised to be, Pirates are going to be fine. Mitch Keller's got to return to form, but the fact that he did it once indicates that he can do it again. So I say I have optimism. Don't be nervous. Baseball's supposed to be fun, and I know there's been a lot of pain surrounding the Pirates at uh, you know certain points, many points over the last 30 years, but there's always tomorrow to look forward to, and next season is looking especially bright with the generational pitching talent that they've drafted this year and all the offensive players that are doing well. He's got to bolster the bullpen a little more, get some of their starting pitchers back into form, and just keep that hitting consistent. and. They'll be all right. I think they'll be all right. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This is the Fan Early Morning Show. When I come back, Mike Tomlin's comments from over the weekend. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Friday in the Steelers' first preseason game of the year. So we'll get Mike Tomlin's comments. I'll get your comments as well on how the Steelers performed, what you're looking forward to out of them this upcoming season. When I return, here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. My name is Nicholas Callis. This is The Wake Up Show. The Wake Up Show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber. You can apply online at 84lumber.com. It's the Fan Early Morning Show. Fan Weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Summer is here. Come check out Trailblazer Equinox and the all-new redesigned 2024 tracks. You can also go online and shop at sunchevy.com. Today, high of 81, low of 68. It's going to be overcast throughout the morning, and then around 4 o'clock you can expect some rain, a 40% chance. And then tomorrow, high of 79, low of 66, a 30% chance of rain throughout the area. It's fan weather. It's brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Again, my name is Nicholas Harry Callis. And it's the Fan Early Morning Show. We're talking about uh, the Steelers now. We're talking about the Pirates a little bit. I um, want to get some thoughts on the Steelers as well, though, an encouraging win, though one that still may or may not be regarded as impressive. But we saw a lot of good things. Still the preseason, though, and that was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers led by a now experiment of Baker Mayfield. And a few other, actually many question marks to be exact, but 27-17 win, saw a lot of inspiring plays and developments from the Steelers players, and Mike Tomlin spoke yesterday, as did a lot of players and coaches uh, for the Steelers, Terrell Austin, Matt Canada spoke, so a lot of comments that uh, may get to later even, from the Steelers. But I want to focus on what Mike Tomlin had to say. So here's Mike Tomlin speaking yesterday about how the Steelers performed on Friday against Tampa Bay. Man, it was a significant day for us. Uh, We had an opportunity to review the tape uh, and analyze our performance in a professional way, allow that to set a trajectory for this upcoming week's work individually and collectively. And then we came out and worked on the grass. And so... Uh, it's a significant day, man. Just the, the process, the cycle of getting better, of prep, play, analysis, and then plan and move forward. And so we're very much in the midst of that. Days like today are, are really significant. It kind of sets a trajectory for the upcoming week. And when we do a good job of it, we have a chance to have consistent performance. And that's what we seek. We're just trying to build um, not only skill, but just that understanding of, of professionally how we go about it. Um, I thought we had really good energy and competes today, um, getting back out here. Uh, but we, we're not afforded an opportunity to warm up to it. You know, we, we had an off day yesterday. We got an off day tomorrow. We can't waste days like today. In the midst of that, man, there's a nugget that's called today. And I just thought that they really got after it and, and took advantage of it, and I'm appreciative. Uh, Nate Herbig went down with a shoulder in practice. He's going to be evaluated. Um, obviously, we had bumps and bruises associated with play. Um, Keanu Benton went down in the game with an ankle. Um, that could be described as day-to-day. We'll see how that leads us. Um, some other guys obviously were limited or did not participate. Cam Haywood's not here today. Um, he's sick, and so um, we thought we'd you know, allow him to get right and maybe protect some of the others uh, in the process. I'll pause and open up for questions. No one? Mike, when you're talking about moving guys around on the offensive line, if you have a position where – Maybe you feel like your best backup at one spot is a starter at another spot. Do you feel like you need to see them, or can you just trust the body of work? You know, I don't even begin to make those decisions until the 11th hour. 
Um, the more we let it sort itself out, we don't have to write the story. There's usually great clarity. There's enough opportunities in this process. But I'm not opposed to doing anything in an effort to get the best mix on the grass under any circumstance. Mike, where has Loudermilk grown the most, do you think, for you? And what, how do you think of You know, the skill development relative to the position, the hand usage, um, the professional things coupled with defensive line play. Obviously, he's an imposing figure and strong young man, and that's always been a component of this game. Uh, but I think he's continually grown and evolved from a from a fine motor skill perspective and hand usage. I always love that answer. He's like, oh, it'll sort itself out. You know, it'll be clear as day. They'll have several opportunities to make it clearer. And the, you know, he always ditches the fact that he's the one that has to make the decision by saying, oh, no, it'll sort itself out uh, as it relates to who is going to start on the line. That's a big story that came out, too, speaking of linemen, Kendrick Green, who was taking fullback reps in training camp, went into Friday's game as a center, had a botched snap, and all the excitement around him just kind of went away. We wanted to see him at fullback, see you know, what the big guy could do in the backfield, paving the way or getting the football and getting to carry it. But all that excitement kind of came into that game, and they didn't even use him there. They put him back at center, and he botches his snap during his reps. So that's kind of disappointing. We had higher expectations for Kendrick Green going into this game, I think, especially with playing a new position, and especially with the comments that Ben Roethlisberger had made about him going into this preseason game about how they, oh, it's just really funny how they drafted him and and then, uh, you know, and then they moved him out of that position whenever I left. Oh, no. Feel, I kind of feel bad for Kendrick Green in, in that regard. I, I, I root for him, but the excitement definitely is kind of diminished uh, after that game coming out of that. I mean, if there's one negative thing to take out of that game, he would be one of them not playing center well and, the Steelers not letting him play fullback like he did in uh, a few of those days in training camp. So that's tough. But as for Mike Tomlin making decisions, uh, yeah, no, I mean, to, to to avoid kind of saying, oh, you yeah, know, no, I, I'm not, we don't make, well, not, they do make those decisions, but it'll sort itself out. That's typical. So we hear a lot without really hearing a lot from Tomlin once again. But uh, as it relates to, how the linemen are going to sort themselves out, I guess we'll still have to see. Roger Jones or Dan Moore, that'll be a big debate and seeing where Kendrick Green finds himself at the end of all these preseason games. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoops. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.